0: Come on, manatee, let's stand and sing to the God of our salvation, the rock that is higher than us, so he is able to lift us, he's able to save us, he's able to help us this morning, more than able. Amen. Let's sing to him with all of our hearts. Through the ages, thrones fall and kingdoms end. There's only one God who stands. There's only one God who stands over nations, over rulers, and above
1: all things. There's only one risen King, there's only one risen King, King. who is our strong foundation, the rock that won't be moved, the hope of our salvation. Nobody, nobody but you, he is the Lord. Nothing he can't do. Nobody, nobody, nobody.
2: Jesus, nobody but you. Yeah. In our failures,
0: who is strong enough to heal our lands? There's only been one who can. There's only been one who can. There's a power a greater and exalted name
1: who's always been the one who raised Jesus you're the one who reigns. who is our strong foundation the rock that won't be moved the hope of our salvation nobody nobody but you he is the Lord almighty there's nothing he can't do no
3: There's nothing in this world That could ever satisfy Through every trial My soul will sing No turning back I've been set free Christ is enough for is enough for me everything I need the Let's clear this together. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning the cross before me, the world behind me, don't no turn it back, no turning turn it back. The cross before me, the world behind me, don't no turn it back, no turn.
0: we say yes again to you, our salvation. Lord, if there's anything that's getting in the way between us and you this morning, Lord, we surrender it on your altar. We want to make space in our hearts this morning for whatever you have to teach us, for whatever you have to show us. Lord, would you open the eyes of our hearts? Would you unlock our ears? We want to hear from you. We want to encounter. This is holy surrender. We say yes, Lord. We sing to you this morning. Here is where I lay it down. You are all I'm chasing now. This is my
1: surrender.
4: We surrender our lives to you. We surrender this church to you and say, Lord, we're here to make room for you and what you want to do. We praise you, Lord. We thank you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Church, um, I'll uh, share a story with you. I, In this time of giving, of our tithes and offerings, um, there's been a really cool situation that's developed amongst us, and um, it's just kind of come to our attention. And um, it kind of starts with, many of you know there's really a a crisis right now with the amount of immigration and refugees fleeing into our country. And many of you probably saw about last year, or last month, about a month and a half ago, uh, 150 buses with Venezuelans was dropped off in Denver. Do you remember hearing about that? Just what is the city gonna do? And the shelters were overflown uh, with people. Hospitals were just overflowing with people. And a, a family that we know, they've been coming here for the last two weeks, Uh, The Gomez family was in Denver. They were part of this group that got dropped off. They're fleeing their country. They have refugee status or political asylum status, and so they're they're in Denver, and uh, the woman was having some struggles medically and needed some attention, and the hospitals were overflowing, and so police officers offered to give them a ride to Colorado Springs, and so that's, I'm just telling you what happened, and I know that bringing this up kind of brings amongst Christians, there's tension between what should we be doing, what shouldn't we be doing, the refugee status, uh, that it just brings up a lot of political debate amongst us, and I'm not here to bring up that, I'm here just to tell you of a situation and what has happened. So they, this family, uh, it's it's a man and a woman, uh, Emily, and uh, her son is seven years old. Little Angel is his name. He sat right here last week, and uh, they were in Colorado Springs. And if you have a kid. Under 18, you can't just show up at a shelter and go to a shelter. You, they don't take kids under 18. So they were in need of a space. And so friends of friends uh, found out about them. They're a Christian family. Took them in, and then that situation didn't work out. I'm leaving out a whole bunch of details. But getting to the Stricklers, uh, Derek is in the back there and Angie right there. They found out from a friend of a friend of this family who was in need and said, we'll take them for a few days. And those days turned into a couple weeks. And we've been, I've been trying to help as a pastor find them a more permanent space. And just yesterday, we we found them a more permanent space. There's a Venezuelan family that has an apartment in Pueblo. And so the Stricklers, let's thank the Lord for the Stricklers, got stuff together uh, after hosting them in their homes. Pulled a trailer down to Pueblo full of stuff. We, New Life Manitou, bought them a bunch of stuff, uh, food. We filled up their pantries, their their household goods, and you all paid for that. And now I'm letting you know about another opportunity. Uh, as a pastor, I thought, well, we could do something a little more here. We could help them out with their their this month's or next month's rent, however that falls. We could help them out, and so. I'm bringing this to you to say, let's help them out. Would you give as you normally do? There's different ways to give. And part of your money that you're giving will go to this situation. I just feel like um, I'm going to preach the message in just a few minutes. And there's this story of a boy that brings his fishes and loaves to the Lord. And it's like, well, what is this amongst so many? There's so many to feed, but I have this. And Jesus takes it. And it's multiplied, and a miracle happens. And so we might, as a church, just say, well, what is this? You know, what are we doing? To, with, there's a whole crisis going on, but here we are, we're serving a family. And 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 they're watching online, we've given them the link, and I wanna pray a blessing over this family. And, and I'm gonna ask Bobby Mikolas to, to come forward and give him a mic. Bobby's a good friend of mine, and... Knows enough Spanish to translate this prayer. And uh, he's, he just has a heart to, uh, to serve people and, and love people. And so we're going to pray over this family. It's the Gomez family, Wilbur, Emily, and their son. Uh, he's seven angel. We're going to pray a blessing over this family. So would you bow your heads with me? Lord, we pray blessings over this family.
0: Señor, te pedimos bendiciones sobre esta familia. We know
4: that you love each and every one of us.
0: And
4: in your love, you guide us. Psalm 139 says, you knew us and created us in our mother's
0: womb.
4: So we pray, guide and protect this family into the next season of their life. A guía y
0: a esta en la de su vida.
4: And then Lord, we pray that this church, New Life Manitou, would be trusted and blessed to serve you in this world. Y que esta iglesia, New Life
0: Manitou, sea y para en este mundo.
4: We pray this Lord in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
0: Oramos en el nombre del Padre, del Hijo, del Espíritu Santo.
4: Amen. 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 Let's continue to sing as we worship.
0: be a part of your holy welcome as we welcome the outsiders and those seeking refuge, Lord. Let us shine your light and your love and be carriers of your goodness and your hope. Thank you, Lord, for using us to be your hands and feet in this community and throughout the world. And we love you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen 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 it's good news it's good to see the people of god being the people of god thank you stricklers for your faithfulness it's amazing to god all right well at this time the kids can be dismissed to go to their classes the rest of you turn and greet one another we'll be right back up here with the word in just a moment thank you
4: Good morning, New Life Man of Two Springs. Good morning. Good to see all of you. I just love the church. I love being your pastor. I talk to people all the time who are like Christians. We believe in Jesus, but we don't like the church. And I'm like, how could you not like the church? Like, don't you see the work of God amongst us? Don't you see us leaning on each other? God is good. I'm happy to be here. Are you happy to be here? Amen, amen. Well, I have a sermon for you today, and um, I think it's one of those sermons that's just kind of quintessential of the series we have already been in. So, we here's a little pop quiz. We are on a series on the book of John. Good job, congregation. And we've been going through these different stories and miracle stories. And today. We're going to look at a story in particular. I'll tell you what the story is in just a moment. Some of you probably already know. I've been hinting at it, um, but it's one of these stories that I hope and pray something will pop out at you. Like you, it's a familiar story. You could probably teach on the story. Maybe you've taught your children this story. Maybe you've read the story uh, again and again. And I pray that today something will like pop out at you in a new way let me give you a metaphor. Can I tell you a story, give you a metaphor? So this is like back in my day. This is like the late 90s, and I'm old enough now to say, back in my day, and i have to be talking about the 1990s. Um, so there, I'm going I'm, I'm to go pretty deep into this metaphor, so don't get lost in the metaphor. I'm going to talk about this thing in order to bring it back up as like a spiritual metaphor. Are you okay with that? So in the 1990s, There was lots going on, lots of little fads and things we could joke about, but there was something called, the official name of it was a stereogram. You might know it as 3D art or magic eye posters. Does anyone have any idea of what I'm talking about? Because I look around. So not everyone. I see a lot of hands. I don't see all the hands, so I'll have to explain. So Mark, would you put up the image? This, you know what I'm talking about now? This is a stereogram uh, and, and what you're supposed to do, if for those of you that, that weren't around in the 90s, or you were, but you missed this really cool fad, was that you would stare at this thing and you would look at and you kind of get cross-eyed a little bit. Uh, other people would say you have to look at, you have to focus like a couple feet before the poster or a couple feet beyond the poster, and then a 3D image would appear to you. And this is really weird because you're all looking at it and kind of, <laughs> I'm going to put this in my mind as like, I'm just going to think about this and just laugh throughout this whole week. I'm going to be because you're like looking at it and you're kind of cross-eyed. Mark, you got it. Let's get, get us to the next slide. Uh, get this off. Um, but did, it, did anybody see it? This, that was, uh, it's hard to see for those of you who's like, what is going on? I wasn't around in the nineties. These are hard to see. You have to cross your eyes and maybe what we'll do after church, we'll put it back up after church and we'll, we'll come up and look at it. Uh, but that picture was of, did, did anybody notice Jesus on the, on the cross? Did anybody see it? Did you just really see it? You saw it. Uh, so Sarah saw it, uh, but she's sitting up. She's cheating because she's up front. She's, she's over here. Uh, so you would, you would see, for those of you that really have no idea what I'm talking about, uh, you would see this 3D image. And in high school, all my friends were into this. They had posters in their rooms. And I would go looking at these posters, and I didn't see nothing. <laughs> nothing. And I thought for sure, like all oh my, I thought for sure that this was like a big hoax that no one actually saw. And people were just like giving into it. It's like, hey, how do you see the shark? And they're like, yeah, I see the shark. And I would be listening to people. I was like, you, you see the teeth? No, that there is no teeth. And I would be like, well, is there teeth or is there no teeth? And then the people say, like, oh yeah, I do see the teeth now. I was like, yeah, right. Everybody's just making this up. I remember going to a trusted friend. It's like, hey, can I ask you something? You know those 3D art pictures? Do, do you really see something in them? And he's like, "Yes, yes I do. You got to And and then people will try to help you. You got to look beyond it. You got to cross your eyes. You got to do this or that." I remember one Saturday uh, my friends were getting together playing playing trivial pursuit remember that in the 90s trivial they were playing trivial pursuit that's hard for me to say in the kitchen on the ta- on the li- on the kitchen table and i was in the next room you guys go have fun i'm going to be looking at this dumb poster in the living room and trying to see it and so i'm looking at this thing and everybody's like oh you got to you got to stare at it you got to cross your eyes and i'm looking at this dumb poster and then all of a sudden <gasps> I see the dolphin, I see it, it's happening, I see it. My friends rush in, we're all like, ah, I see it, you see it. Yeah, I see the fin, you see that, oh my gosh, I see it. That's what I hope in some way that today you would see something new and fresh from the Lord, that this familiar story we're going to be looking at that something, maybe all at once, or maybe there'll be a moment in this sermon where you see, and I mean, I'm not talking about seeing, I'm talking about like, like experiencing God in a different way, that some of you have come into church today and you need that. Like you're, you've, you've come from a dry place. You've come from uh, just the day in, the day out, and you need a fresh touch from the Lord you need to see something from the Lord you're hungry for what the Lord has for you and and I have a story today from the Word of God that I'm going to say this this miracle story that I'm bringing up today I'm gonna to, this is my own opinion and I'll try to prove that it's a pretty bold statement but I'm going to say this of Jesus ministry so not not his uh, resurrection and death and not his birth narrative but in his ministry, this miracle story is the most important miracle. Out of all the miracles, this miracle is the most important miracle. And I'll tell you why. I have two reasons why I'm saying this miracle is the most important miracle. The first one, and some of you are going to want to fact check me on this, but don't do it now. You'll get distracted on your phones. Do it later. Um, this miracle story is the only, you ready for this? This is the only miracle story found in all four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This is the only one and only miracle story that is recorded in every single gospel. And part of that has to do with something called the synoptic gospels. This will be a very short nerd alert for you. So if you're a New Life Manator and you know what to do, this is a nerd alert if you're not part of this congregation normally, I apologize. We are very weird, um, as you can already tell, um, But the synoptic gospels, to get a little nerdy for you, are three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And we think, we we don't know this for sure, but we think that Matthew and Luke had the earlier written Mark in their hands independently and wrote their gospels uh, with Mark and using some of the phraseology, using some of the exact wording and stories. And so those three make up the synoptic gospels very similar. And the one that's not like the others is the gospel of John. And so John only records seven miracle stories. Out of those seven miracle stories, only one of them is found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And so I would say, well, that alone makes it a pretty important miracle that each of the four Gospels have this one and this one only miracle story. Secondively, secondly... Some be like, who is this guy? What is this guy? People are howling and sirening. This guy can't say secondly. <laughs> secondly. <laughs> Anyways, uh, this miracle is the miracle seen by the most amount of people. And so all the miracles were done in public, uh, even the miracles that were done, like there's a the healing off in another room. Jesus brings some of his disciples, and there's already family members there. Jesus does his miracles publicly, but this one he does in the biggest crowd. And as soon as I say the number, you'll probably recognize, oh, this is that miracle. So this miracle is seen by 5,000 people. We, of course, now are talking about the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. Yes. And so this miracle... It's in all four Gospels, and this miracle is seen by the most amount of people. In fact, before we read this story, uh, many people would say that Uh, There was a lot more. In fact, there had to have been a lot more than 5,000 people because the Gospel of John says that there was 5,000 men present, which was just a weird way of like, if you're looking at a crowd, to just count the men. I don't know why they did that, uh, but that's how they counted the crowd. 5,000 men were present. In fact, in the Gospel of Matthew, when he tells this story, he makes it more specific and says there was 5,000 men present, not including women and children. So some commentators have guessed, well, there had to have been a lot more than that. If if they're talking about family households, we could be talking about 10,000, 15,000. Who knows? We could even be talking about 20,000 people. Either way, there is a huge crowd of people, and they all end up getting fed. The title of this sermon is God Will Provide His Food. I'll say it again. God Will Provide His Food. And I have a word for you, for for those of you that are in here who, well, we're not talking about food right now. We're talking about spiritual nourishment, spiritual hunger, that some of you in here are hungry. You've been eating empty calories. You've been eating, in a spiritual sense, junk food. You've been very hungry for a long time. I want to tell you that this sermon, as we open the word of God, can be like spiritual food for you in a world that we live in that's starving to death, there is real food and it is given to us by Jesus. And this story is a story of that. I just think it, it has to echo into eternity of, I mean, here's a story happening 2000 years ago and we're looking at it today and Christians today all over the world are saying that God is feeding them and God is alive to them and he is good, and his ways are good. So let's look at this story. I'll give you a little background. It happens in the hill country of uh, Galilee, at the shores of Galilee. So there's a picture. This is when I was in Israel a couple years ago, um, and this is my finger pointing. So I'm in the Sea of Galilee pointing to uh, a hillside. That's hillside of Galilee, and the gospel of, which one is it? It's uh, Luke that says that this Feeding of the 5,000 happens somewhere near Bethsaida, which is on the northern coast of the Sea of Galilee. I don't know why they call it a sea. It's really just a lake. I guess if you were from Minnesota, you'd probably just call it a pond. But uh, it is, we call it the Sea of Galilee on the north side. Uh, This story happens where a great amount of people, a whole bunch, thousands of people descend upon Jesus to hear his teaching and then this is what happens. So would you stand with me? And we usually read scripture and pray, but I just have a lot of um, anticipation for what the Lord is gonna do. So I'm gonna uh, lead us in prayer and then I'm gonna read John chapter six, uh, verses starting in verse five, and then we're gonna read to verse 14. But Lord, we open our hearts to you right now as we open the word. Lord, we are anticipating that you will feed us, that your word Will feed us. You, you say later in this same chapter that you are the bread of life. And so, Lord, we, we receive your bread this morning. Lord, we're open to you. Our hands are open saying, Lord, we're, we're hungry. We're, we're spiritually hungry. We need your nourishment. Would you fill us? Would you feed us? We pray in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So John chapter six says, when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, and the other gospels, Mark specifically says that the disciples and Jesus were getting away from a crowd and going to a place to, to get some quiet time. Uh, the crowds just find him and they, 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 they end up coming towards him. And here they are once again. The gospel of Mark says that Jesus had compassion upon them. The, the gospel of Matthew often says that Jesus had compassion on people because he saw them like sheep without a shepherd. I want you to know that Jesus sees you. He doesn't see a crowd. He sees individuals. And so here's this conversation. So Jesus looks up. There's a large crowd coming towards him. He says to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? And he asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Because Jesus is God, Jesus knows everything. He knew this story was about to take place. He knew a great miracle was going to happen. He knew that even today we would be talking about this miracle two thousand years later, getting encouragement from it. So Philip answered. I I detect a tone of sarcasm, and uh, he's not very happy. Philip says it would take more than half a year's wage. So whatever the average salary is. For a year, cut that in half. That is a ton of money. It would take a half a year's wage to buy enough bread for each one to just have a bite. Another disciple, he joins in, and and Simon Peter, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But I I, I sense again a, a tone of sarcasm. But how far will that go among so many? I'm gonna tell you a modern day parable in a little while, the parable of uh, the starfish. Some of you know this. I'll, I'll tell you that story in a minute. But be thinking about that as this little boy brings, I mean, there's a crowd of thousands of people. This boy has like what I assume like a little knapsack of some fish and some bread. It's, it's not enough. How far will this go among so many? Verse 10 says, Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was pl- plenty of grass in that place. They sat down, about 5,000 men were there Verse 11, then Jesus took loaves, gave thanks, distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. Wow, as much as they wanted. He did this, he did the same with the fish. Verse 12, when they all had had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets. How many baskets? How many disciples are there? It might might all be, you know, a sign for them here. I don't know. It gathered 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. Verse 14, after the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who has come into the world. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Point number one is this. Your faith can make a difference. I'm going to talk about this boy here. This is an interesting little boy. I brought up this sermon in our staff meeting, New Life Manitou staff meeting this week. And I think it was Ashley or maybe it was Allie. I don't know. Was it Ashley or Allie who just made the the comment? Maybe both of you were just kind of talking about like this little boy who comes out of nowhere. Like we don't know too much about this little boy. But Simon Peter's brother's Andrew, Andrew finds this boy and says, look, Jesus, we have a little boy here. He has some food. And it's like, imagine for just a second, that picture I showed you, imagine like a huge, the whole hillside is full of people, thousands and thousands of people, and this little boy has like a little Ziploc bag of food. Like they didn't have Ziplocs back then. So was, I mean, was he just carrying it? What this Was this in his pocket? How does he have five? But was this his food for later? Was this his family's food for the day? Where did he get this food? We don't know. And this little boy has something and he offers it up and Andrew comes and says, hey, we have a boy here and he's got five barley loaves and two fish. But how far will that go? What does he actually say? Uh, verse eight, how far will... Will they go amongst so many? Nowhere. I mean, you think about the crowd and this little ziploc bag of food. Like this is this is gonna be nothing for this huge crowd. Here's a, here's a modern-day parable. I, I suppose, I'm always surprised that when people when I think of something as I've heard it a million times, and, and then there'll be people who say, I've never heard that. That's a great story. This is one of those great stories. I hope you've heard it a million times. But here it is. I've heard it in uh, many sermons and inspirational talks. A young man is walking along the ocean. He sees a beach on which thousands and thousands of starfish have washed ashore. Further along, he sees an old man walking slowly, stooping down often, picking up one of the starfish, one after another, tossing them gently into the ocean. Why are you throwing starfish into the ocean, he asked. Because the sun is up. The tide's going out. If I don't throw them a little further in, they will die. But old man, don't you realize that there are miles and miles of beach and starfish all along it? You can't possibly save all them. You can't even save a tenth of them. In fact, if you worked all day long, your efforts wouldn't wouldn't make any difference at all. The old man listened calmly. Bent down, picked up another starfish, threw it into the sea, and said, "It made a difference to that one. And this story of the boy bringing the bread and the fish to Jesus, I can't help but think of what little sometimes we feel like we have to offer to the Lord. Um, I think of, you know, bring, bringing our gifts, our talents, to the church. And I'm so proud of you guys. I think of our church, the church this size and what percentage of you all are serving in the church and uh, whether it's once a month or every week or finding ways to serve in our middle school or kids ministry or high school ministry on Wednesday nights. Uh, I think of, uh, I think of uh, many of you will be willing to go Uh, on a mission trip, we'll announce a mission trip next week uh, that we're gonna be going to Ecuador in October. And I think of like the, the, the attitude of, like I don't have enough to give. I don't really have enough to make a difference. Jesus is able to take what little this boy has and he blesses it and out of it comes the miracle that I'm saying is the greatest miracle of Jesus' ministry. Point number two, going right along with this, is don't hesitate. Don't hesitate to give to the Lord's work. I think that hesitation comes to each and every one of us. I know we are like often Jesus' disciples who kind of became sarcastic and, like, like, there's this huge crowd, and, and the disciples seem to be annoyed by the crowd because it's so large, and then Jesus kind of pokes his finger at Philip and says, How are we, where are we going to get enough, where are we going to get food for all these people, and that just sends Philip into a very sarcastic response of, like, this crowd's too big, you know, a, a, what does he say, half a year's salary, wouldn't be enough to even give them a bite. And then Andrew's like, hey, we got this boy, and he's got a couple, what does he say? Verse seven, chapter six, verse seven, Philip answered, it would take more than half a year's wage to buy enough food uh, for them to have one bite. And then uh, Andrew, it's Andrew who sees this boy, getting back on track. Andrew says, but this boy has some food, but how far will that go amongst so many? And I, I think of this boy, um, what was that conversation like? I mean, did Andrew bring this little boy to Jesus? Did Jesus? I mean, Jesus knew what was about to happen. Did he look down at this little boy and say, hey, how old are you? What's your name? You know, the kind, the kind of talk adults have with kids. And, and Jesus, like, oh, you got some fish and some bread. What happened then? Did Jesus say, thanks? Or did Jesus say, I, I don't know, this is just my imagination, but Jesus says, thanks. And then, watch this. Like, I don't know, but the faith of this little boy, it just encourages me that sometimes many of us feel like we don't have enough to give. I think of moms, you know, a lot of moms are uh, working full time and managing families. I think of my own wife and like the, the idea that, that we have anything to spare, that, that we could bring anything, that we have any amount of time or margin to give to the, to the Lord. What difference could that possibly make? And I want to say it can make all the difference. It can make the difference of Jesus doing the greatest miracle I'm saying he ever did. I think that's one of the great things about this church is that uh, it's just small enough that you can't hide (laughs) And what I mean by that is, I think of uh, churches where, and, and a, a lot of people come to church just to receive, and they sit in the back, and that's that's okay to sit in the back, and it's okay to receive, and just come to church. But eventually, uh, I, I imagine someone's gonna find you. I'm gonna find you and say, "Hey, um, there's opportunities in this church," and and you might think, and I'm just having a conversation with you in my own mind. You might think to yourself, well, I don't have very much to give. I don't have margin. I don't have this. I don't have talents or treasures or things like other people do. Well, I just want to remind you of this story, of this boy who, who just has a couple pieces of bread and a couple loaves of barley bread and a couple fish, and he gives it, and then this great miracle happens. Our, what we think uh, sometimes, our what we have to give in the hands of Jesus can be so much more. He can take it, and he can do a miracle. I think some of you just needed to hear that this morning. This last point, point three, is this. God will provide his food. God will provide his food. And what I'm about to say now is it's going to go into uh, kind of a recap of where Jesus says twice that he is the bread of life. So this miracle happens, and then there's another story in between. And then Jesus kind of revisits And he goes into this uh, speech about the bread and him being the bread of life. And maybe it's during this part of the scripture uh, and this sermon where something like the silly example of the the 3D posters, like something will pop out at you right now. As we dive into these words of Jesus and what he says as he explains this miracle will come alive to you. It says that Jesus in the Gospel of John takes the loaves, and he gives thanks, and then he starts distributing them. And this word in the Greek "give thanks" is eucharisteo, which is where many of you know that the big Greek word for communion is Eucharist. And I can't help but to 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 see maybe like you do this parallel, this pattern of this miracle and what we do every week by receiving communion, like we will in just a few moments. We'll come forward. And we will receive a little bit, a little bread and a little cup. And what is that? We could say, what, what is that? Is this? It's like a, it's like a little tiny thing, but in the hands of Jesus, it becomes a miracle. In the hands of Jesus, we can participate in this great thing that He's doing inside of us, making us new. In the book of Luke, there's the famous phrase that Jesus takes the bread, He blesses it, He breaks it, and He gives it. And we then get to be part of this miracle too as Jesus blesses us, breaks us, gives us. He he blesses the bread, breaks the bread and gives it. Mere bread in the hands of Jesus can be so much more. I think many of you just need to hear that, that your life in the hand of the Lord is so much more. Your life in the hand of the Lord is is miracles. Your life in the hand of the Lord is light shining in darkness. Your life in the hands of the Lord is like water. Your cup is full. You could give it to other people. Your life in the hands of the Lord is like bread being given to hungry people. Jesus says, I'm going to read it for you in just a moment, that if you eat this bread, he says, I'm the bread of life. And if you eat it, you'll never be hungry. And then he goes on to say something much more profound and deep. He says, I'm the bread of life, and if you eat it, you will never die, and you will live forever. What a claim. What a bold claim that if we receive him who says he's the bread of life, we'll never die, and we will live forever. I'm gonna invite you to listen to these words. In fact, would you stand with me? The band can come forward and communion servers, you can come forward as well. I'm gonna read the same chapter, but down a little further in verses 35 and then I'm gonna skip ahead to uh, verse 48 and we'll put it on the screens for you to look at. But Jesus is gonna say this, verse 35 in chapter six. Jesus declares, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, but whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And then skipping to verse 48, he says it again. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors, many of you know the story, your ancestors ate the manna in the, in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. Anyone may eat and not die. And then he says this, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. So we're gonna receive communion as we do every week. And if you're new to this congregation, this is an open table, an open invitation for anyone who believes that Jesus is the bread of life. Come, you can receive. I'm going to invite you to come through your, the rose, receive the little cup and the bread, and then go back to where you are. Would you stand there? Would you wait with the elements? We'll all receive it together after I come back up. But this is the bread of life. This is what Jesus spoke of when he says, if you eat of this, if this, if you receive this spiritual gift, his grace, his life in you, then you will have eternal life. This is the gift of God for the people of God. It's the body of Christ, for the body of Christ. Let's come and let's receive.
0: is he he paints the canvas with a million stars and still he holds my heart
4: that you've received and remember that Jesus says he's the bread of life. He says his body is broken for you. So would you receive this bread with me remembering that? And would you take the cup? The cup of a new covenant. Christ's blood shed for you and would you remember his grace offered for each and every one of us as we receive this cup. Lord, we're so so thankful that you give us your life. You said that you're the bread of life and we in your hands are like a miracle. You will take it and Lord, you will bless and break and you will give. Lord, we thank you. We praise your name in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. If you want prayer, would you, after I'm done praying a blessing over you, would you come forward and myself and some of the communion servers and our volunteers will be up here to pray with you and to pray for you. If you're new or new-ish, some of you have never been on our email list or you never received our gift, we have a really good uh, devotional that our church has written. It's a year-long devotional. And we have a CD of music that New Life Manitou, this congregation, has written and recorded. We would love to give you that as a gift. Would you just uh, do the QR code or we have a paper version of a a visitor card that you can fill out. A few more announcements uh, we would love to have you consider being a part of our church with the volunteer team go online click on serve there's an application process we'd love to have you help with our kids ministry or communion team or 633 on Wednesdays which Taylor in the and he's the guy in the cage in the drum set he's wearing a 633 Hoodie. It's pretty cool, and uh, we'd love to have more volunteers as a part of that team. Next week, I'll, I'll make a bigger announcement. It'll be our mission Sunday. We're gonna go to Ecuador in October. This congregation, it's open to other New Life new life congregations, not just Manitou, and so I'll give you more details about that, but plan on staying after church next week if you're interested in an in Ecuador mission trip. Uh, M3, Manitou Men's Ministry. Any men in the house? That's right. Uh, there's a two-week uh, conference. We we did uh, last week, last Thursday was part one. This Thursday's part two. It's up at New Life North. And so we're going to be meeting here. No, bus leaves at 545 from here. If you want to carpool with us, we will be up there. Uh, it starts at 630 up at New Life North uh, for our men's ministry. And baptism is happening uh, the week after Easter. If you're excited about what the Lord has been doing in you, you've never been baptized, or you want to rededicate your life and, and get baptized, then come talk to me. I would love to have that conversation with you and and do water baptism. Finally, sound minds, uh, second and fourth Mondays. No, first, what is it actually? First and fourth, second and fourth this should all be very easy. They're like, why don't you just look at the thing? It says it right there. Second and fourth. Thank you, actually. uh, Monday, Sound Minds. This is a Bible study and a discussion group and kind of a support group for anybody going through mental health issues or family members with mental health issues. So happening right here, actually in the upper room, our little room right there, uh, tomorrow at 630. So let me pray that blessing over you. Would you open up your hands? Would you receive this? Lord, I can't help but just uh, think about the, the, the surprise that you sometimes give each and every one of us, us seeing something new and blessing us. Lord, I pray that this week, as we recount this story of you feeding 5,000 5, people, Lord, would we recount our own brokenness and what we have to offer to you in your hands as you bless it, as you make a miracle out of our lives. So Lord, would you bless us and keep us May you make your face to shine upon us, be gracious to us. Lord, lift your countenance upon us and give us your peace in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in peace.